0: Right now, across the world, millions of people from all walks of life are visiting public libraries. From bustling information hubs to quaint, peaceful spaces, libraries, like us, come in all shapes and sizes. They're places where people that wouldn't normally interact come together. And that's the sweet spot for building tolerance in a community. That's one of the conclusions of a UNESCO meeting held in April 2020. The world's leading thinkers in cities and sustainable living determined that the place where we borrow our books is also a major tool in fighting racism and discrimination. Welcome to Meet Me at the Library. I'm your host and proud card-carrying library member, Anne-Marie Middlemast. In this episode, we're going to a library where diversity is championed. Bendigo is a city of more than 150,000 people in the middle of Victoria in the southeast corner of Australia. The city is built on Dja, Dja country and is well known for its gold rush in the 1850s, where people from around the globe flocked to the gold fields to find their fortune. Bendigo's now a major regional centre, and according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, home to a population of mostly English speakers, close to 90% in fact. In 2015, this mostly harmonious community was rocked by a series of racial outbursts, as Channel 7 reports. Good evening, violent clashes have erupted in Bendigo during rival protests over the city's controversial mosque. Laurel Irving was there. ...fury and hate in country Victoria. One group that's been the focus of some pretty nasty discrimination over the last few years in Bendigo has been Muslims. When word got out that a mosque was being planned for Bendigo in 2015... Anti-Islamic protesters disrupted council meetings, community meetings and held a number of angry protests to voice their concerns. Interestingly, it was at this time that Bruno and his family made the move to Bendigo. Say bonjour to Bruno.
1: Bien sûr. Je m'appelle Bruno. Enchanté.
0: Before we go any further, can I just paint a picture for you of Bruno? When I meet him at Bendigo Library, I have to confess, he's exactly as I imagined. Tall, clever-looking with glasses and the kind of hair that says, I've got bigger things on my mind than a comb. He's got one leg of his pants clipped up like you would if you're riding a bicycle, but it is just one leg. And from the grease covering his hands and our subsequent chat, I managed to find out that he's just ridden his bike to meet me at the library. And somewhere along the way, his chains come off. And that explains why he's late. Bruno is French-Australian, actually. He's got a complicated and interesting cultural backstory.
1: My name is actually Bruno Spendenin. It's a Greek background, uh, Greek origin, very old Greek origin, actually, and that's from uh, my dad's side. And from my mother's side, I have uh, also a mixed background, predominantly Romanian. Uh, arriving in Benigo, we arrived right in the middle of the um, anti mosque protest, um, and that was a bit of a, a concern when we arrived in Benigo. We realized very quickly that I wasn't a representative of the composition of the population of Bendigo and that literally 99% of the population of Bendigo, of the people living in Bendigo, were amazing in terms of their personal values. Um, And I would say Australia is an exceptional country in this respect.
0: Bruno is one of 10 intercultural ambassadors with the City of Greater Bendigo. The program recruits volunteers from a wide range of cultural backgrounds who get out into the community in spaces like libraries to share their culture, connect with people and basically be a positive brand ambassador for cultural diversity. The end game, I guess, is a community that's welcoming, less racist and more accepting of others.
1: It's very much like a a beautiful snapshot of what the world is. Uh, we have, we represent probably about 5 billion um, people in terms of different language groups. Uh, we come from nine different countries, five different continents, and the amount of positive uh, relationships and, and, uh, and laughing time that we can get um, every time we gather all together. It's quite amazing. It gives us a lot of energy, positive energy, Um, so it's a great group to be part of.
0: The Intercultural Ambassadors had great plans for the library, like hosting a multicultural games festival. They were going to teach people how to play games from their countries of origin, so from places like China, the Philippines and Indonesia. Games like cane ball, which is a cross between volleyball and soccer that's played by the Karen community, Mexican bingo, and betonk, which is from France. COVID-19 unfortunately put a stop to all that, but it didn't stop the ambassadors. They got together and recorded a love song to the Bendigo community to show they care.
2: Many different places we wanna work all together, holding hand in
0: hand. As UNESCO's discovered, libraries are perfectly positioned to develop cultural awareness in communities. And that's something that Bendigo Library is also working at. They want their libraries to be welcoming, safe spaces for people of all backgrounds. And they've hosted multicultural story times for children, language lessons, indigenous weaving workshops, and a whole lot more to make that happen. As an intercultural ambassador, Bruno's really proud to do this volunteer work at the library. For him, they're a special place.
1: Libraries, uh, you know, libraries in the world in general, just as a concept, are such amazing spaces. They're spaces that are very democratic in themselves. Um, there are really forums for people to come together uh, and also it's basically the place where we learn things, when we enjoy learning things, it's quite magic. There um, yeah, you're surrounded by books, you're surrounded by lots of activities, very vibrant places also, and it's places where you can share your culture, uh, where you can actually share a lot of things that are sometimes uh, beyond the standard expectation that people have when they come to a library. So basically you can discover the world when you go to a library. And that's pretty much you know, the best place we can um, dream to uh, have an opportunity to be involved in in Benigo.
0: To be an intercultural ambassador, there are a few skills you need. Empathy and a willingness to share your culture with the rest of us are a couple of good places to start. And you need an understanding and appreciation of what it's like to live amongst cultures. For Bruno, multiculturalism has been there from day one.
1: I was born in Paris uh, in 1981 in a very, uh, I guess, romantic place of Paris in Montmartre. Uh, so, for the people who have been there, it's a very touristic place. There's a big white church called Sacré Coeur, and I was born literally. Uh, facing it on the building on the right, last floor, so overlooking Paris, in an architectural studio. My room as a child was an office with a desk and a printer, and my bed was between both. And it's uh, a neighborhood of Paris that, beside the um, touristic um, side of it, has a very strong identity and a multicultural identity too. Uh, with a lot of people from different uh, continents as well um, and that that's yeah that always stayed me with me. I was born from a family that has a refugee background um, and so when my parents arrived uh, in Paris in nineteen seventy four uh, they arrived as political refugees, and so my upbringing was uh, really framed around some uh, awesome values um such as human rights uh looking at you know social justice and equity in the world and so i always had that as something that was a uh, a very strong ideal i remember my parents um always talking very positively about how lucky people were in democratic countries how lucky uh, people were to have things that were as simple as um Yeah, the freedom of speech and the ability to develop their um, personal aspirations and um, develop as as humans uh, around those types of values.
0: Bruno grew up in a loving household in Montmartre, the famous epicentre of artists and thinkers in Paris. Imagine cobbled streets, bistros, the smell of croissants filling the air. The romance is there. He's the son of two refugees who fled Romania for Paris in the 70s. They ran their busy urban and regional design firm from home, working long hours on projects that would see them travel around France, Europe and the rest of the world. What I haven't told you yet is the story of how Bruno's parents escaped Romania as political refugees. What they, like all refugees who flee, risked to leave and how their actions, which happened well before Bruno was even born, shaped his life. Now, like many refugee stories, there is tragedy and there is heartache. So if that's not what you need right now, skip ahead a couple of minutes. We'll catch you after this.
1: So my mother, basically, she... um. When she grew up, her dad was in the resistance as a, he was an officer quite high up in the army. Uh, he was cut, sent to a concentration camp, and she witnessed her mother and grandmother being killed. She did some great studies in architecture, met my dad. My dad was from a very privileged background himself. Both of them had this dream of living in a, in a free country.
0: Bruno's parents were forbidden to leave Romania, so they hatched a plan to escape, thinking of Italy initially and then settling on France. And the way they did that was to take a train.
1: They went to Yugoslavia, and in Yugoslavia it was a little bit more relaxed. and they hitchhiked to cross the border in um, to Austria, and they had to hide in the boot at the at the border, thinking, oh, maybe the driver is going to give us up. And when they arrived in later on in Paris, they they caught up with some relatives and and friends. They arrived with, uh, I think a camera, um, a toothbrush each, and that's about it. The sister of my mother was taken as a hostage back in Romania and put in jail. And after that, they had to buy her back. So they had to write to the French president at the time. And so they, they managed to purchase the right of having my auntie back with them. I always carry a little bit the spirit of how courageous they have been because they, they literally risked their life. If they would have been caught, I think they, they probably wouldn't have survived that.
0: What I'm finding as I spend time with Bruno is that conversations with him are mind-bending in the best possible way. Particularly when we get to the subject of his PhD, which is the reason he ended up in Australia in 2006.
1: I was applying for different scholarships for all sorts of different doctorates. Uh, My father at some stage uh, had some interest, professional interest in iceberg transportation. Um, back in the days, and so I had a keen interest too. I remember uh, um, speaking with him about it with a lot of enthusiasm when I was a young child. I said said iceberg, yeah, iceberg transportation, so the sustainable transportation of the water of the icebergs, Um, and so I did a doctorate on that topic at the University of Tasmania, that could be another podcast, right? I know, it's a great conversation starter, it's pretty unique.
0: It's been 16 years since Bruno arrived in Australia as a bright-eyed university student ready to write a 500-page thesis on sustainable methods of iceberg transportation from Antarctica to Australia. So does he consider himself Australian or does he identify culturally as French?
1: It's funny, I'm about to become Australian actually, um, literally, um, which is very exciting. Um, and having lived uh, more than a third of my life in Australia, I definitely have a, a strong relationship with Australia a strong bond with Australia as a country. Uh, and it's not only because it's uh, the country of my wife, uh, the country of our children, the country of my family, and I have so much respect and love for them. Uh, it's also because of what the country represents as well and how the country is. It's a, amazingly beautiful country in itself Um, and i just love how diverse how much history there is in the country Uh, feeling australian for me is also uh, very much about the community in itself and the journey um, that i had the chance to have and that i wish every newcomer in australia will be able to have as well
0: so if you're a newcomer to bendigo head to the library and you might see Bruno or one of the other intercultural ambassadors there for Bruno his volunteer work as an ambassador is all about contributing to a much bigger
1: picture people will feel really happier in the end they will feel safer uh, living in the city they will also feel much more inspired um, and we'll see we'll see this translated in all sorts of different realms of um, And also for the communities, the different communities, you know, it's going to create lots of different positive links. um, Probably a lot more balance within the community as well. Um, But also, uh, we hope that it might put Benigo on the map in Australia um, as a champion for multiculturalism, for diversity, for positive um, celebrations of those values.
0: I'll leave you with more of the song performed by Bruno and the other intercultural ambassadors to help spread joy and optimism at a time that has been particularly dark. This is called You and I, and it was written by Dr. Martin Nanier. I'll see you next time.
2: It's time for us standing up for what is true What we believe and care and love matter in our lives out to those in need no matter where you do come from one big family you and i have come from many different places we want to work all together holding in hand you and
1: i together are in one accord we want to make a difference in Greater Bendigo.
0: Thanks for listening to Meet Me at the Library. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, leave a review and tell your friends. My name's Anne-Marie Middlemast and I've been your host. Meet Me at the Library is mixed by Hamish Robertson at Tall Tale Audio and produced by me with supervising producer Jane Curtis. Thanks to Bruno, the Goldfields Library Corporation and the City of Greater Bendigo. You can follow Meet Me at the Library on Facebook and Instagram, and subscribe to our email list to get reminders and updates about the show. This program was made possible with support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Find out more at cbf.org.au. Meet Me at the Library was produced in partnership with Maine FM and recorded on Dja Dja country. We pay respects to the traditional owners of these lands. Before you go, I couldn't stop thinking about this iceberg transportation thing. Bruno's thesis. You can Google it to read the whole thing, but I ended up calling him in lockdown to find out a bit more. Hi Annae. Oh, hi Bruno. How are you? Good, thanks. Now, the reason that I'm calling is to catch up, but it's also to find out about something that has been niggling away at me since we spoke, your thesis topic on iceberg transportation. Can you tell me some more about that?
2: The whole idea was to um, look at ways to transport icebergs for freshwater purposes to uh, relatively arid zones um, in maximizing and optimizing the use of renewable energy. Um, So one of the ideas is to um, use some uh, very powerful kites and some targeted towing uh, to shift an iceberg from one current to another uh, and basically optimize the course of that iceberg so that it can deliver itself uh, to the desired location. Um, And and in a timeline that is, um, you know, optimised, I guess, so that it doesn't melt entirely on, during the, the course of the journey. Uh, and at destination, it can be harvested in, in also different ways. Do you
0: think something like that will ever become a reality?
2: So I think yes, but the, in a nutshell, probably that idea is still uh, not mature enough. Um, having said that, I think that with a really robust protocol and you know, a research programme that would be Able to stage um, different uh, technological breakthroughs. Um, yeah, it could be it could be an amazing engineering solution for lots of uh, dry climates, including Australia.